A few weeks ago, I received an email from a lady by the name of Mary Ring. Mary was wondering if I would be interested in broadcasting a program about John O'Shea, always and affectionately known as the Singing Fireman. Through my many interviews with the other Singing O'Shea, Sean O'Shea, I had heard him mention his strong friendship with the Singing Fireman on numerous occasions. Mary Ring's email to me outlined the many reasons why a program on John O'Shea, or John R., would be a tremendous and worthwhile project. The more I read, the more I agreed with her. John O'Shea passed away on Thursday, February 15th, 2018. This proud son of Cork City's Northside left a legacy that alone deserves a program in itself. But add his life and times and music to the mix, and I believe you have the makings of a very interesting two-part program. So, sit back, relax and listen as we bring you the story and songs of John O'Shea, or John R., or The Singing Fireman. A very good evening. You're very welcome to join us on another edition of Where the Road Takes Me. Where to start? Well, I won't start by referring to John O'Shea as a character. The description is usually thrown about too loosely anyway, and besides, there are hundreds of characters on Cork City's Northside. A lot more is required to define the subject of our programme this evening, so we could describe John as a community man, a lover and keeper of tradition, a storyteller, a gardener, a baker, a chef, a true friend ever so generous with his time, and of course, a brave fireman, a singer, and above all, a great family man. As a bus driver in a former life, I drove the number two bus to Gronabraher on many an occasion, but I have to admit not knowing about a place along the way called Bally MacThomas. It's close to the Bells of Shandon, and it was here that John O'Shea, the singing fireman, was born in 1933. Home was a big old tenement house, and John was one of ten who lived here. When he reached the age of five, Tony O'Shea, John's son, says that the family moved from Bally MacThomas to a new house in Gronabraher. At the time, the corporation were building new houses above there, and they got a house on St. Enders Road. He lived there until he got married, actually, and um, he met lots of friends there, and he went to the school in the North Monastery. And um, from then on, he worked for farmers around that area. There was a, there was a lot of fields and farmland around that, that area at that time. He loved working for farmers, and he worked for Father O'Flynn, actually, yeah. at one stage. Sean yes. told me about him. Did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, you know, people growing up in the city nowadays can't imagine somebody working for a farmer, but in those days, the city was almost immediately into the country. It was. It was, it was right alongside of the country, actually. Um, so, like, he just walk across, we say, you know, Churchfield, that, that area. It was just open fields and farmland back there, and he could walk there for, for days on end, you know, and come home in the evenings, and he loved it. He loved horses, he loved, you know, working with livestock and you know he had great stories about uh, working out in, in that area but he left school very young and um, that's what he did until he eventually got a job uh, in the Sunbeam Woolsey in, in, in Cork City and um, he worked the night shift there he was a, a helper maintaining the machines at night time when the factory were closed down as you know the workforce in the, in the Sunbeam at the time was huge and there was a lot of characters there and a lot of a lot of stories went around you know um, about, about Cork and you know and he picked up a lot of that, that folklore and, and um, he picked up a lot of songs there and that's where he got his love of the north side and his love of singing and songs. 
at the time he was taking part in a lot of shows around the area on the north side little shows and uh, different little theatres but um, he bought a guitar and that was just the start of it he loved yeah. he started singing himself then and he's practised then at night time below in the sunbeam during the, the, the downtime and he drove a lot of the workers mad I'm sure below there like <laughs> practising his new songs and uh, but um, he stayed there for I think it was about five or six years and then he got a job in Cork City Fire Brigade One dark stormy night not a star was Inside. The north wind came howling down the line. There stood a brave engineer with a sweetheart so dear, and his orders to pull old number nine. She kissed him goodbye with a tear in her eye. The joy in his heart he could not hide. The whole world seemed bright, for she told him that night. That tomorrow she'd be his blushing bride. Oh, the wheels hummed the sun as the train rolled along, and the black smoke came pouring from the stand. The whole world, it seemed to brighten his dream of tomorrow when he'd be rolling by. He sped round the hill and his brave heart stood still. A headlight was shining in his face He whispered a prayer as he threw on the air For he knew this would be final race O'Shea, the singing fireman, singing a song called The Wreck of the Old Number 9. Well, although they bear the same name, John O'Shea and Sean O'Shea were not related, but they might as well have been, such was their friendship. I have interviewed Sean O'Shea on many an occasion, and never on any occasion did he fail to mention his great friend. I suppose of all the people I met in show business, use that term, I said John O'Shea was my closest friend. He was a remarkable man. He was the type of man that every day since he died, I remember him and uh, I pray for him. And do you know something? I pray to him because he was a remarkably good, 
Christian man and uh, he had many great qualities. I suppose John singing was only a small part of his life in that where do I start like um, gardening was a huge hobby of his and he was a very good gardener. And a cook as well, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. He always did the Christmas dinner. <laughs> and he baked, in latter years, he baked wonderful brown bread. And Eileen and myself are off recipients of a, a, a cake of John's brown bread. And it was excellent. But the gardening, he was always a very good gardener. But towards, I suppose, I don't know, maybe four, five, six years before he died, Tony, his son, built a thing for him called a polytunnel. It's kind of a glasshouse made out of <laughs> glasshouse yeah. made out of plastic, yeah. and it was his pride and joy. And the things he used to grow there, I think he had new potatoes all the year round. He often said to me that he was having new potatoes for Christmas and that kind of thing. Another uh, great hobby he had at one stage of his life was he'd go out along the marsh there towards Blarney, and he'd get pieces of bog oak, and he would come home clean them and make wonderful pieces out of them. He gave me one now which is a treasured possession. It's kind of, every time you look at it you see something different. It's a harp but looks a bit like an eagle and he was an extremely talented man and of course in his professional life he was a wonderful fireman. He rose to the rank of third officer which is the highest rank you could achieve without a university degree and uh, to focus in on his singing career he was I suppose terribly relaxed on stage he had a great rapport with an audience when John came on the stage with the guitar he'd strum it once or twice and he'd go into the first song and you know that fourth wall that they talk about at the front of the stage which is the most important the imaginary wall like to get to the audience that disappeared the minute John came out you know A love of singing and music must have been part of John O'Shea's DNA even when he was young Tony O'Shea says that his father's sisters would call their young brother downstairs to serenade him before they left home for a night out Exactly. Uh, he said that to me. He said uh, that's how I first started off singing. He said um, my my sisters were calling me, and he, he said um, he had five sisters, and uh, he said that when they'd go out on a Saturday night, that they'd say, "Come on, John, come down and sing us a couple of songs," and he'd get his little guitar and off he'd go and play away. But that's how he got the love of singing, and you know, but he progressed then onto different areas of it. Like he got he got playing with Sean O'Shea, Bill O'Connell, John Moyes, Tony Hagerty. He he linked up with all these guys, and they performed around Cork City and County for. for years after you know oh the ship it sails in half an hour to cross the broad atlantic my friends and parents on the quay with grief and sorrow frantic i'm just about to sail away in the big ship dan o'leary the anchors weighed and the gangways up i'm leaving tipperary so goodbye mick goodbye pat goodbye kate and mary the anchors weighed, the gangways up, I'm leaving Tipperary. And now the steam is blowing off, I have no more to say. I'm bound for New York City, boys, 3,000 miles away. In my portmanteau here I have cabbage, greens and bacon. And if you think I can't eat that, to beg you're all mistaken. So goodbye, Mick, and goodbye, Pat, goodbye, Kate and Mary. The anchors weigh, the gangways up, point even temporary. And if the ship 
Pitchy plays, pitchy toss For half a dozen farthings I'll roll me bundle on me back And walk to Castle Gardens And when I reach that foggy shore And land at Everest Island I'll raise my glass and draw my pipe For Yankee land is my land Goodbye Mick, and goodbye Pat And goodbye Kate and Mary The anchors wave, the gangways up I'm even temporary So goodbye Mick, goodbye Pat Goodbye Kate and Mary The anchors wave, the gangways up I'm even temporary So goodbye Mick, goodbye Pat Goodbye Kate and Mary The anchors wave, the gangways up I'm even the singing fireman John O'Shea with Goodbye Mick and Goodbye Pat. Well, for anybody involved in singing and music of any sort, in Cork City especially, and indeed the county as well, it would have been close to impossible not to have met the singing fireman on some occasion. It would be also true to say that there was rarely a stage in both city and county that John O'Shea hadn't performed on. So, sooner or later, the paths of Cork balladeer Jimmy Crowley and the singing fireman were bound to cross. He was a hard man to avoid, and I'm glad I didn't avoid him, and I'm glad we shared the same the same ground for a long time. And uh, the interesting thing about singing fireman is John O'Shea was so good to me. There was another connection as well, John, that he and my, my grandfather, they lived around the same place in the north side, near Cattle Market Street. The two houses were very close, the Shea-Bys and the Crowleys. There was a big connection there, you know, because in the cosmos of Cork, you know. And I'm very proud of that. Now... One of the first early kind of guys who directed me and put me in the right direction for kind of local songs and authentic local songs was a man called Paul Frost, who was a great friend of, of uh, John O'Shea. So um, he said, you must meet the fireman sometime. He's great whole songs. He said, you'd be singing country western. He says, and everything else that goes with it and every kind of a thing. But he says, he's good local songs. And I got to know him and he gave me Lie George. He gave me the, the guts of the armour car, even though I got a few verses after here and there, but the real version, a couple of verses of the Boys of Fairhill. And I was just beginning to understand a man called Sean O'Callaghan, who was a bit of a rake, but he was to spend, he used to spend all his time in the, in the Fairhill Harrier Club if they had a price of, of a half-tier supporter. And it, in, he was just totally in love with his community. And they were very poor people. And they went drag hunting, hurling. They had a holding team in Fairhill as well and Sean wrote the verses and some of those verses became the boys of Fairhill. And it was John O'Shea more than any man told me he was able to had a personal connection with Sean O'Callaghan. He told me stories about his life, about his misadventures and really close up stuff that I wouldn't have got money for John O'Shea. So I'm very, very grateful to him. This programme is the first of a two-part programme outlining the life and times, music and songs of John O'Shea, the singing fireman as told by family and friends. Part 2 in Programme 1 follows on shortly, right here on C103.